this show is for educational purpose and should not be taken as medical advice. Welcome to Let's Talk About Medical Cannabis with Dr. O, a clinical pharmacist certified in medical cannabis. Every week, you'll learn about alternative ways to improve your health and well-being using the healing power of botanicals such as cannabinoids. Here's your host, Lola Ahanba. Hi, welcome to another episode of Let's Talk About Medical Cannabis with Dr. Ho. I'm sure all of you knows me by now. For those that do not, that are just joining us for the first time, I'm Lola Ahamba. I'm a clinical pharmacist satisfied in medical cannabis. People also call me Dr. O, so if you want to call me Dr. O, that's also fine. On today's show, we will be looking into cannabis and migraine, the role of cannabis in the management of migraine. But before I go on to this topic, let me say my heart goes out to all the people that have lost loved ones in this uh, COVID-19 pandemic that we are going through all over the world right now. People that have uh, family members in the hospital, my heart goes out to you. We are praying for you. So hang in there. We will overcome this monstrous disease. We just have to keep together as one family. So hang in there. And I also like to tell those that are spreading hates out there, people picking on other tribes, other group, blaming them, making them responsible for this pandemic. Nobody is responsible for the pandemic. So stop the hate, stop picking on other people. This is not a political show, but I just, I mean, we have to show love to one another. We are all in this together. So stop spreading the hate. And finally, I would love to say thank you to all our healthcare professionals, all the healthcare professionals, high or low. I would like to say thank you for your service all over the world. I want to say thank you to everybody out there, truck drivers, our grocery store, all you people out there working hard, trying to put your life in danger to be able to satisfy client, patient, uh, at the expense of yourself. Thank you so much for what you do. We appreciate you. Uh, I want to say that you out there working hard, doing whatever it takes for us to overcome this pandemic. You are the real MVP. You are the real MVP. Thank you guys so much. This episode is the 11th of the Let's Talk About Medical Cannabis with Dr. O. On today's episode, we will be looking into difference between headaches and migraine. We will look into triggers, what causes migraine headache. We look into other things that we might be doing that might be aggravating the symptoms. Then we'll look into the non-pharmacological way, other things we can do to prevent migraine or to reduce the effect of it. And we will also look into the pharmacological route, what, what are being used as a medications to, for the management of this disease. And also we will look into the role of cannabis, cannabinoid in the management of migraine. Thank you once again for joining me. Let's start today's show. 
Headaches are among the most common health conditions. I'm sure everybody in this room have experienced one form of headaches or another. Often people experience headaches. They claim that, oh, I have a migraine. Even though they are having a headache, they say, oh, I'm having a migraine. They, many people don't know the difference uh, between a migraine and a headache. Not all severe headaches are migraine. Over uh, 38 million Americans are said to be affected by migraine. Over 38 million uh, people are affected. That is a lot of people. So what is the difference between migraine and a headache? Most headaches are due to tension. They are as a result of tension. So what is a tension type headache? Tension type headaches affect the whole head and can feel like a band wrap around the skull. Intention type uh, headache, the pain can affect the lower back of the head, neck, and shoulder, causing aching and stiffness. Headache pain is usually a chronic steady pain that can last for a couple of hours. So what are the types of headaches that we have? We have uh, what we call sinus type headache. In sinus headache, this could be due to sinus infection, like you have infection, allergy that results in infection. It manifests in form of pressure around your forehead, your eyes, your nasal and cheek area. And that will make sense. That's where our sinuses are always affected. So sinus type of headache manifests in form of pressure around your face area. The second type of headaches that we have is the cluster type headache. The cluster type of headache occurs in a cyclic pattern, like in a circle. The most, this is the most painful of all the headache type. It generally occurs around the eye. Even though cluster headache affects around the eye, its effect is generally felt all over the body in other parts of the body. So it's not just like, oh, I have this headache that is affecting my eye, but you can also feel the effect on other parts of your body. So we also have a muscular type headache. Those are due to muscle. It affects our muscle movement. Unlike headaches that affect the whole body, migraine generally affects one side of the head. So when you have a migraine, it will be like a one side of, the, of your head. It could be the right side or it could be the left side. But it's, it's kind of characteristically seen as a one-sided pain. It manifests as a throbbing pain and can worsen with exertion. Basically, what that means is that when you are having a migraine headache and you, you have to do other things, other chores, this can worsen the effect of the migraine. Migraine can also occur with aura or without aura. When we say with aura, we simply means there will be a kind of, people call it signs that you notice before the actual pain started occurring. It could come in form of nausea or vomiting. You could start feeling light sensitivity, sounds or smells, vision changes. These are all some form of aura that some people experience when they are getting to that time of the day or the month that the migraine occurs. These symptoms are not all inclusive. People have different symptoms that they experience and not all migraine have a aura that comes with it. 
Aura is just a sign to to show you. So not everybody experience aura, but a lot of people do. For people that experiences a migraine with aura, it's generally they start generally feeling the effect are between twenty to sixty minutes before the headache is going to happen. So for some people, this could be a way to quickly manage the the migraine by using probably medication or other forms of therapy that they are used to. It's like a sign that something is happening, is going to happen. So what is the cause of migraine? What causes migraine? The, uh, the, it's unclear what causes migraine, but could be due to our uh, genetics. It could be due to environmental factors. Uh, it could be chemical imbalance in the brain, like uh, serotonin responsible for pain regulation in our body. It could be due to that. It could be due to uh, sex, as in male or female. In, in female, in women, they are three times more likely to experience migraine headache compared to a male counterpart. And there are so, so things that also call, uh, causes migraine that we call uh, trigger. Triggers could be in form of hormonal changes in female. Changes in hormones such as during the menstrual cycle, during pregnancy, in the, during the menopausal stage of life. There is change in estrogen level. This could be a trigger for, for migraine. Also, in female, you could have uh, oral contraceptives, hormone replacement therapy. They are said to worsen migraine headache. Other, other trigger could be alcohol or caffeine. Caffeine tends to alleviate help migraine in low dose, in lower quantity, it tends to help. But when you take too much caffeine, it can worsen the effect of migraine. Stress is a major, major factor. I mean, especially right now where the whole world is going through this tremendous stress with the COVID-19 going on. So this is a kind of trigger for many people. In fact, that's part of why I decided to do this particular topic because I know a lot of people are under immense stress right now. So stress is a trigger for migraine. Apart from stress or oral contraceptives or things that we've already mentioned, food, some food can be a trigger also. Example of food that can cause trigger when it comes to migraine is the processed food like aged cheese, addictives like sweeteners, preservatives such as uh, monosodium glutamate. Monosodium glutamate are generally found in food. It's used for food sweetening. It's to help with, uh, it's a chemical that is used in seasoning food. So this could be a trigger for migraine headache. And also some medications like uh, nitrate for chest pain. People that have angina, they normally take nitrates for pain, for the chest pain. This can be a trigger, like we already said also, oral contraceptives. Other trigger could be a sleep disorder, lack of sleep. I mean... That will make sense if you are not sleeping well, you cannot rest, and this could be a trigger. All that encompasses stress and everything that goes along, anxiety and stuff. 
So those are the triggers for migraine. Uh, complication can occur when medication used in the management of migraine is overused. So most, a lot of the medication that we use in treatment of migraine, they are combination uh, medication, which we will be talking about uh, in the in the later part of this show. So when we overuse this medication, instead of helping to relieve the pain it can worsen the effect of the pain. Sometimes it doesn't even work at all. You're just using using the medication. So medication overuse could be problem there too. This will be status migraineus. So what are the ways that we can manage migraine headache? Some of the ways we can manage migraine is sleep. There's nothing that compares to having a restful sleep. Stress, like I said, is a big one when it comes to manifestation of migraine. So when we sleep, we can relax. And how do we sleep? We can sleep, we can put application of ice to the head in combination with rest or sleep. Rest and sleep, they usually works better in the dark. When when you are having a headache, migraine headache, if you turn out the light and you put a cold or warm compress on whatever part of your body that is hurting and you turn off the light, this can help to alleviate the pain. Also, you can also use caffeinated drink. Yeah, I know people will be like caffeine. Yes, caffeinated drink in low dose, in low quantity can help to reduce the effect of migraine. Also, we can use uh, what we call a botus. When we start getting to the level of botus, then it's like a crossroad between pharmacological therapy. For people that use traditional medication and it doesn't work, they can use botus. Uh, This is an injection. Botox is used for a lot of things. So it's also used in migraine to manage migraine. Apart from Botox, other non-pharmacological therapy that is used, and this will be maybe when the pharmacological therapy is not working, then you start getting into the invasive part of the treatment. When I say invasive, it just they have to do a kind of procedure. Doctors will have to do a procedure. So other kind of forms that is used in the management is what we call nerve block. The nerve block method, it targets the nerves that is transmitting the pain. So basically, they try to block the nerves that is sending the pain signal to to your head. That's what they, they do that in the hospital. Next, we'll look into the pharmacological management of a migraine headache. When we talk about pharmacological therapy, basically we are talking about medication, drugs, what are the drugs that we use. For the pharmacological management, we can divide them into two. We have the ones we can go over the counter OTC to buy. Example of those are the acetaminophen, that is like Tylenol. Outside the country, you might know it as a paracetamol. So you can get this over the counter. You can get aspirin, ibuprofen, Advil, Aleve, all this over the counter medication that we can use. Normally, when we are trying to use medication, we want to start slow, we want to go slow. You want to uh, make sure you try other medication that has been proven for a long time and it's not known to 
be harmful to the body. When it comes to the acetaminophen, that's the Tylenol or paracetamol, we have to make sure that we do not exceed four grams daily because the side effect, too much of it can cause a liver damage or it can worsen liver, da- liver disease. So we want to make sure we are, are sure. The best way to go is just to go to your pharmacist, to consult with your pharmacist. Even if it's over the counter and you're allowed to pick it up, the rule of thumb is just talk to your pharmacist. That's why they are, we are there to, to help you to navigate things like that. So when we talk about the pharmacological therapy, the first line that people always use is the what I call the Fioreset and the Fiorena type of medication. These are combination products. For the Fioreset, we have the acetaminophen, caffeine, butabitol, and sometimes they can also add uh, codeine as extra pain, pain effect to that. For the Fiorena, this is the one that have the aspirin, uh, acetaminophen. It also have vitabitol, caffeine. And sometimes, like I said, they can also have it in form of uh, coding. So these are prescription medication. We have the Fioreset, that's and the Fiorina. Those are combo products. Like I said, in the case of acetaminophen, when you are dealing with the vitabitol-based uh combination product, you want to make sure that the acetaminophen part of it is not too much. It's not over four grams of acetaminophen. That is very, very important because why I'm emphasizing that is that other than this product, there are a lot of over-the-counter medication that contains some part of acetaminophen or aspirin. And we might be using some other medication not related to headache that already have acetaminophen. Tylenol already in it. So if you have a product that you are using, maybe using for something totally different, maybe for some different kind of pain that already have Tylenol in it, then you that's why you need to talk to your pharmacist so that they will know you're already taking this medication and they can calculate to make sure the acetaminophen level, the Tylenol level is not exceeding 4 grams. The same also goes for aspirin, the ibuprofen. Some of our other products already have what we call non-steroidal anti-inflammatory product, NSAID, that the ibuprofen and the naproxen are already in there. So you want to make sure you consult with your pharmacist. You don't necessarily have to go straight to the doctor. You can call your doctor, but pharmacists are accessible resources for the local community to go to and talk to about medication. They are medic. They know drugs. They are the experts in drugs. So you need to use the resources that is available to you and they are mo- free. Many people, you can go in and talk to them. They are very helpful. So for the non-steroidal anti-inflammatory like ibuprofen, we want to be careful too with that because of people that have a GI problem, like they have bleed, too much of it could lead to bleeding. So you want to be careful. Don't just go over the counter and grab something. You still can consult with with a, a, a professional. So other than those combination products, we have the other types of product that we call uh, the triptans. The triptans are the most common 
type that is used specifically for migraine. They are what we call the serotonin-based drugs. Example of the triptans are the sumatriptan, the imitres, the naratriptan, masalt, uh, resotriptan. All those ones that had triptan at the end of it, these are serotonin-based drugs. And they are the, com- the most common that is generally used. So what are the side effects of the triptans? The triptans are the side effect could be in form of fatigue, it could be dizziness, it could be flushing. And they are contraindicated. That means people have to be super cautious in using. They are not supposed to be used in people with heart disease, uncontrolled or hypertension or the hemiplegic community. So those are the people that are not supposed to use this medication. Apart from the, the tryptin, some of the most recent agent that has been uh, released in the market is what we call calcitonin gene receptor peptide, CGRP-based drug. Example of these ones are the Imovig. You might have been seeing it on, in, on TV when they are uh, advertising it on TV. We have the Imovig, uh, we have the Emgalti, and we also have Ejovi. These new products that are coming out, these are mostly subcutaneous. These are uh, injection. You have to inject that under the skin, sub-Q. And these ones are medication that are used for people, sometimes probably that have a headache uh, days over maybe from 8 to 15 headache days a month. And uh, they are used uh, in those populations. So for the people that use the C, uh, CGRP-based medication like uh, Imovig and Mgalti, the reason they are using this is that these are a monthly medication. It's just to reduce for people that don't want to continuously use pills. They can just use this medication maybe once a month and it will continue to work. Other agents that we use when it comes to migraine headache is the opioid. Opioids are for pain. Migraine is a form of pain. So we do use opioids like oscodone, hydrocodone. But the side effect, we all know the side effect is very addictive. People can get addicted to it. So that's part of why we are looking for alternatives to the, but they do use the opioid again. So for the types of uh, migraine, that's like what we call status migraineurs. The status migraineurs, these are the migraine that goes on for weeks. It could be up to a week. It could be up to two weeks. For those kind of uh, migraine, the steroid, corticosteroid, may be, uh, may be used as a rescue therapy. So for those kind of continuous migraine, your doctor might decide to go with the rescue therapy in form of steroid. Next, we'll look into what I call prophylaxis therapy, which is a a preventive form of managing migraine. So basically, like I said in the beginning, a lot of people go through what we call aura. They have a signs and symptoms that migraine is about to happen. For those type of people, they can use what we call prophylaxis treatment. That is a preventive treatment. In this form of uh, treatment, the patient will take a medication before the headache, before the migraines even started. 
This is called a preventive or prophylaxis therapy. So we don't do that for, for migraine addict too. For people that have maybe one migraine or maybe two, it's not a regular thing with them. They might not need a prophylaxis treatment. But for people with recurring and debilitating migraine that is continuously, for some people have up to 15 headaches a month, some even have 30 headaches a month. So for people like that, prophylaxis treatment will be the, the best effect. So most of the prophylactic medication, the preventive medication that we use, they have similar characteristics. They have similar form. So when choosing prophylaxis treatment, when choosing preventive treatment, we just need to consider the side effect with respect to the patient. That is all we need to see. If you have maybe high blood pressure, or we can decide to use like some agent. If you have a depression, we can decide to use other agent. The first preventive medication that we'll talk about is what we call beta blockers. Beta blockers, they what they do is help to reduce the blood pressure, help to uh, bring the blood pressure down. And they are the most widely used preventive uh, therapy when it comes to uh, migraine. Examples of beta blockers are the propanol, timonol, timolol, any of those medications that have lol, lol, lol. Those are the beta blocker. The side effect that comes with the beta blockers are the drowsiness. You can experience fatigue. Like I said, for traditionally, it's using the management of a high blood pressure to bring the blood pressure down. So some of the side effect is a low blood pressure, what we call hypotension. Also, it also reduces the heart rate. So what we call bradycardia, low uh, reduction in the rate heart rate. We want to be very cautious when we're using this medication in patients with heart failure, in depression, and people going through diabetes. For Like I say, it will make sense because if, if it's dropping the blood pressure for people with heart failure, we have to be careful with their blood pressure. The second class of medication that is used in the preventive or preventative form of managing migraine is the antidepressant. And the most common agent that is used is the tricyclic antidepressant. And this example of that is Elavil. Uh, which is uh, in generic form is imitriptyline. Some of the side effects that we experience from these ones are what we call the anticholinergic effect. I know that's a, <laughs> that's a little mouthful, but basically what that is, is it, it gives you a dry mouth. It could cause a sedation. It could cause a fall. There's a risk of fall when you use anticholinergic medication. One has to also be careful in people with the history of uh, benign prostatic uh, hyperplasia, which is BPH. So mostly in the elderly population, we try to stay away from tricyclic antidepressant because of the, especially the risk of fall. This could be dangerous. So we have to, that's why we, I said we have to consider the underlying condition before we choose a prophylactic treatment. Another class of medication that I use is the anticonvulsant. These are the ones that we use, generally use for the management of seizure. 
If you want to know more about all this medication, I mean, we just finished discussing about seizure disorder. And in that, we go into detail about the anticonvulsant. In our, in our episode on um, mental health and cannabis, we talk extensively on antidepressants and all that. So if you want to go back and listen to those episodes on mental health and cannabis or the role of seizure disorder, uh, the role of uh, cannabinoid and seizure disorder, those are the episodes that we talked about extensively about this medication. So, as I was saying, the anticonvulsant example of the one, the most common one that is used is topiramate, topamas, and uh, we have the viproic acid and they have the diviproic acid. So, those are some of the medications that we use. Next, we will go into the role of cannabis in the management of a migraine headache. For people that have tried all this conventional therapy, they have tried prophylactic treatment, but it's still not working. Cannabis might be a safer alternative. So how can cannabis uh, work? What, are, what is unique to cannabinoids that makes us say it might help people with migraines? Studies shows that cannabinoid combination of THC, CBD works better than prescription drug in the management of migraine. Cannabinoids are also said to reduce migraine pain by up to 43%. Cannabinoids are said to have less side effects compared to conventional therapy in the management of migraine headache. Basically, when people that use cannabis, they still have a lot of studies we need to do, but people from word of mouth, they have less side effects compared to traditional medicine. Cannabis and cannabinoid like CBD, THC is able to relieve migraine headache from several different angles. Like we already know from previous episode, cannabinoid, cannabis, they have different uh, mechanism of action. The way they work is they have different targets where they can attack pain or whatever is going on with disease state. So, Cannabinoid is not just helping with the pain when it comes to uh, migraine headache. They also helps with reducing nausea associated with migraine. Inflammation from throbbing pain when you are having a headache, you know, it's like inflammation comes with that. So CBD has been shown to have more anti-inflammatory properties than even non-steroidal anti-inflammatory or steroid or traditional corticosteroids. So the cannabinoid, the CBD, THD, they are not just helping to relieve the pain. They help with nausea. They help with inflammation. Cannabinoids also have a muscle relaxing properties which help migraine sufferers with vascular spasm from muscle contraction. So most migraine sufferers, they go through muscular contraction which is it's not just pain. They also have muscle uh, spasm contraction. So the cannabinoid helps to relax the muscle. The endocannabinoid system, the ECS, is said to help in maintaining balance during migraine episode. 
in normal body system. Like we said in the previous episode, if you haven't listened to our episode on endocannabinoid system, that is the supercomputer of our body. You need to go back and listen to that. So the ECA is, is, that, is that part of the body, it exists in our natural body that helps in the homeostasis, which is maintaining balance. So it also helps in, in the management of migraine. Migraine sufferers are said to not always release the endocannabinoids. The endocannabinoids, the natural one we have in our body, is the 2-AG and the anandamide. The 2-AG is similar to the CBD, and the anandamide is similar to THC. Those are the ones that our body is already producing. But in people with a migraine headache, it is observed that they might have a lower endocannabinoid, that they don't have enough that is produced by their body. Researchers are looking into targeting migraine through the CB2 receptor. The CB2 receptor is where the CBD binds to. So it would make sense if the body is not producing enough anandamide or enough 2-AG, then we can supplement with the exogenous cannabinoid. When I say exogenous, I mean the ones that we produce outside the body like THC or CBD. That will really make it just like us uh, supplementing our diet with uh, multivitamins. It absolutely makes sense to me. So how do we dose when if one trying to use cannabinoid? What is the best route of administration? What is the best products to use? The best, uh, when it comes to migraine and pain, generally when we are looking into cannabinoid-based therapy, you want to consider what you are trying to manage and decide what route our administration will give you the best effect. When it comes to migraine, this is pain that you need to relieve right now. The inhalation route, like maybe smoking or vaping, those have been proven to be the best and the fastest route to, to relieve pain. Because when you talk about uh, inhalation, the inhalation, uh, what you are inhaling, which is the cannabinoid, the CBD, the THC, those go straight into the bloodstream. It doesn't pass through the liver. It doesn't get passed through the stomach. It goes straight into the bloodstream. That what I mean by that is that it doesn't go through the first pass metabolism. And by going straight into your bloodstream, you immediately feel the effects. When it comes to, so for people with migraine, that is what they want. They want relief. They want it now. When it comes to the edible form of uh, administration, this is less popular for people with migraine pain because it takes a while for it to start working, although it lasts longer. When you talk about the edible, edible lasts longer because when it gets into your, into your system, the product is converted into a different form that lasts longer. But it takes a while for it to, to be broken down, to be digested in the body. It goes through the first plus metabolism through the liver. And this might not be a good route for people that already have maybe some form of liver disease or, or liver issue going on. For a migraine sufferer that is, say you, are, you have a migraine, 
and you are looking for relief now, but inform in when it comes to edible, it can take up to two hours for you to see the effect of it. So for a migraine sufferer that two hours of waiting for your medication to work, it can be unbearable. This is a chronic pain one is going going through. So two hours of waiting is just two hours too long. So for migraine sufferer, that is two hours too long. So that is our show for today. I am so glad that you guys are, are here and able to join me for today. Check out our lines of uh, hemp-derived product. We have various products that can help with sleep. Hemp-derived CBD product on our website. We have uh, one for sleep. We have for the energy. We have various products. We also have on the website... If you are the type you do not want to use uh, edible or you don't want to use a, a PO route of administration, you can check out our topical. We have ointments, we have balms that will help you apply those go straight into the to the body. So if you want to check that out. Also, please, we would like you to leave a review on your listening platform. Reviews is what we are measured by in the podcast community. So if you are using Apple Podcasts, encouraging you, I'm asking, I'm actually asking that please go on your listening platform, Apple Podcasts, and leave, leave me a review. I will appreciate that. Also, if you would like to join our Patreon group, our Patreon group are the ones that are helping us to put this show together. So if you want to join the Patreon, we will really appreciate your donation. So all information is, is on our website. You can have this information on the website, wci-health.com. All information about subscription, Patreon, they are all in there. And I just want you to be safe. We are going through a lot all over the world right now. Be safe. Wash your hands. Social distancing. Yeah, we are going through it right now, but it is the key. We have to destroy this uh, monster that caused itself, COVID-19. For Social distancing doesn't mean emotional distance. We can be socially distant, physically distanced from each other, but we have to connect with our community. So call your neighbor, call your family member, check on people, be kind to people out there. And like I said in the beginning, please stop spreading it. People should show love to one another. We are all in this together. We are one nation under God, indivisible. We are not red, black, and blue. It's uh, red, white, and blue. And all over the world, we are all going through this together. So let's show love to one another. And until next time, always remember health equals well. Thank you so much. See you next time. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or any podcast platform. Support the show by becoming a patron and donating on our Patreon page or on our website. For more information, visit our website at www.wci-health.com. 